At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once-a-year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Blog Talk Radio. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Syracuse Sports Make Me Drink here on the Trying News and Absolute Magician Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, John Casillo, and with me today is Matt McCluskey. Hello, hello. So, this is like the weirdest, like, probably like four or five days I've ever had as a Syracuse fan. It's like absolutely no enthusiasm for Selection Sunday, any sort of anything, like, nobody seems to give a shit about the fact that the tournament's starting in, like, a couple days. I mean, is, is this just as weird for you, Matt, or am I just, like, imagining things? Um, no, I think it is pretty weird. I think given the extreme high of everything that happened up until February and then the extreme low since that point, it's it's been weird. It, it The momentum or the feeling going into the tournament reminds me a little bit of uh, maybe the year... Uh, the year SU got blown out by Kansas in 2001, I think that was a second-round game, but there was no momentum and there was no hype for Syracuse. Everyone knew Kansas was looming, it was over with. Or the year in, I think, 99, where Syracuse lost to Oklahoma State uh, in at the RCA Dome, and, and that was similar. That was a first-round matchup. And everyone thought, all right, well, if SU gets past that, it's not going any further. And this reminds me a little bit of that, the difference being Syracuse is number three in the country. And, you know, those other years, Syracuse was like a six seed and an eight seed. And on top of it, 27-5, and five, a ton of hype, a lot of – if you look at the roster, there are three professional players, in my opinion, at least right now, on that roster, which is usually one of those cutoff points. Teams that have a chance at the title generally throughout time have had at least three pro players. So a lot of the the – indications or indicators for what should be a long run, Syracuse qualifies for, but just the last month of the season. And then losing to North Carolina State just slaps everyone in the face. And there, it, it is weird. There's a weird vibe around everything. And, uh, you know, it, it could be – I don't think anybody listening would be shocked if SU lost to Western Michigan. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's likely – but given what we've seen with losses at home to Tech and Georgia Tech and Boston College, and then the just no show against NC State, anything can happen. Literally anything can happen. And I think everyone is probably erring more on the side of pessimism and the fact that even if it, if SU gets out of the first weekend, it's probably not going to go too far. Yeah, I mean, you bring up that good point. Like, anything can happen. And despite the fact that, like, I mean, I, like, briefly looked at you know, things on the Western Michigan side. And it does seem like this is a perfect matchup for Syracuse. I mean, Western Michigan is a, is a volume-shooting team. They're not very, um, you know, efficient with the basketball. They're not – they don't exactly keep the ball safe either. I mean, they average over 14 turnovers a game. It seems like it plays right into Syracuse, even at diminished strength, their game plan. But, you know, at the same time, like, I can't say that I looked at um, – you know, Georgia Tech or Boston College in particular, and and saw those teams and went, oh, yeah, yeah, they're going to give Syracuse a challenge. So 
I, I think all bets are off. I mean, I, we, we, you know, some of us on staff had that thread a couple of days ago, and, and I, I said I could easily talk myself into the Elite Eight if the cards fall right, but just as easily I could talk myself into a second-round loss here. Yeah, I threw in the, the negative Nancy post or to the reply to that of, you know, Georgia Tech and Boston College and, you know, everything. There's You can give a ton of reasons, logical reasons, as to why SU could at least get to the Elite Eight. And at the exact same time, you can counter with a ton of logical reasons as to why Syracuse won't make it out of the first weekend. And it's, you know, unlike years past where you thought SU really wouldn't go far this year, it, you know, it is. It's very weird. It, the Orange can do something amazing, and Bayheim's there, the zone is there, the athletes are there, the talent's there, and things could flip. And look at just last season. It's a totally different team. I don't particularly care for precedent. You know, a lot of people say, oh, well, it happened in the past, it can happen now. There's too many variables. The team's totally different. But I do understand people saying last season everyone counted Syracuse out, and then it went on the run in the Big East tournament and then made the Final Four. So... I don't. I'm not a huge believer in precedent because you know change is so frequent. But you know, I more power to you if you believe in it because again, something crazy could happen. Then we could be on the, the precipice of a Final Four run, and who the hell knows? In January, I thought for sure he was one of the two, three, or four teams that could win it all. A lot has changed since then, but the overall team is still intact. So if if you're if you're going to be the best, you have to beat the best. A little Rick Flairism. And SU is going to have to get through Kansas more than likely, and certainly I, I would think, uh, you know, if the the big boys await, and uh, it won't be easy, but it could be done. And just Florida, obviously, is one of the big boys waiting. Yeah, I mean, I we'll get into like the overall brackets, but you know, you hit, you kind of hit on it today, and as did Sean, like. You know, this was the season really was a roller coaster. I mean, the highest highs, lowest lows, the whole deal. Um, and, and to me, I guess that's the only thing stopping me from from predicting like you know a, a second round flame out is the fact that this team has proven itself over and over again that it can beat top teams with this exact roster. Um, you know, even in games without Coleman, everybody else is back. I mean, yes, Cooney needs to fix whatever the hell is. Is, is bothering him. It's obviously just a mental game at this point, along with the now injury that he's suffered. But I, I don't think that this team is is that far removed from the one that started 25-0, and 0, and that, that really is the only thing that has me even mildly excited for this March. Totally agree with you. I totally agree. And I think it's kind of that loss to NC State while kind of numbing and reaffirming that this team maybe not, you know, maybe isn't really that good. But how many times this season did C.J. Fair shoot as poorly as he did in that game in in Greensboro? It just he, it didn't really happen. He was almost always there. He was the one consistent. If the jumper wasn't there, he was still finding points at the basket. And last Friday, he just he didn't have anything going. And Syracuse still had a shot in the game. But that did kind of, it, it, as weird as it is, it kind of reaffirmed to me that generally – even against the Florida or Kansas if Embiid's playing or whomever else could be lying in the Final Four, I think the games are going to be close. We've seen that this year. Syracuse certainly doesn't really get blown out. The Virginia game is the outlier. Every other game was close, wins and losses. And Fair has been the consistent player all year long. So as long as Fair is in it, 
and if the jumper off the curl is working or if it's something at the basket or whatever, as long as he's active and, and involved in the game, there, there will not be Syracuse will have a chance in every single game it plays. Whether that's two or four, I don't know, but at the very least, I would think all SU fans should buckle up because it's going to be it's going to be intense. It's going to be nerve wracking, and while that may not be good for the first round, maybe in the second round against Kansas, the fully healthy Kansas squad, there's no reason to think if if they're specifically involved, there's no reason to think that that game won't be close and that SU late won't have a chance to win. Yeah, I mean, that's a very solid point, you know. Um, Bears only had, like, maybe a few off games, and, and those are games that we've, we've struggled viciously. But then he's also had some great – I mean, he he closed um, he closed that Georgia Tech game incredibly well, and, and, you know, we still lost. Like, Fair has been a constant. And in that NC State game, we were kind of just relying on, you know, Tyler Ennis to just carry us. Um, what I was most confused about in that NC State game was just – how we refused to work the ball inside at all when it was very obvious that we had the ability to do so. Um, mm-hmm. You know, without, like, I mean, right now, like, I mean, State doesn't have, like, a ton of size. Um, I mean, they have some, yeah, but at the same time, like, it wasn't like last year where you had, you know, a, a freak athlete like C.J. Leslie um, who's, like, hanging around around, like, 6'8". You have, for the most part, like, completely open paint, and for some reason, you know, we weren't getting the ball to Grant. We weren't getting the ball. To, I mean, Christmas was in foul trouble a lot. Kata had hands of stone like I've never seen in my life. Um, but oh, my God. Because Kata, uh, I, I, I've never been one to bash Kata other than joke about the hands of stone. Friday sent me over the edge to the point where I was, for the first time, like, outwardly, gunning for Kata because I said, you know what, like, this this has gone too far. If you're a basketball player getting a free ride at a D1 institution, especially one like Syracuse, you need to be able to catch a basketball in some situations. And for, for an extended period of time on Friday, he couldn't do any of it. It, it was uh, – the whole season has not been pretty for Kita, and that kind of maybe whitewashes his whole career – but generally, he's been the spark plug. He's, in a lot of ways, especially last year, last March, he was kind of that, he was almost like a, a poor man C.J. Fair. He was always there. He seemed to be doing the right thing at the right time when SU desperately needed it. A free throw, a rebound, even a putback. He was just there. He was, he, it was so much, it was, the, the whole run last March, including the Big East, was a ton of fun for a lot of reasons. But Keita's development, whether it be just luck or skill or whatever, it was fun. That made it. That was one of those points for me. I was, you know, I was enjoying Kita being involved, and that does, he was a spark plug freshman year and, and kind of a sophomore year. It's not to say he was completely irrelevant before, but I thought he stepped forward last March, and from jump this season he has not. I thought I, I totally believe he's regressed. And you pretty much hit it on the head with that game Friday. And I, I don't want to single anyone out because it is college, and he seems like an awesome guy. But his he's a complete liability. Right now, he's a complete liability on offense. You can say what you want about his defense, but certainly on the, on the opposite end of the court, it's it's bad. I mean, it's just really, really bad. Well, it speaks volumes, too, to, to the team's staying powers when – you know, when you have one of your quote-unquote senior leaders 
um, unable to catch a basketball. And, I mean, you can't even depend on Kidd at this point, to, you know, like, like an easy offensive rebound under the basket. And, and to me, like, that's just – it doesn't bode well for our chances. Um, again, I'm not – I understand, like, you and I aren't the most optimistic of fans <laughs> at times that we have a reputation as such. But, but, but that said, like, I started this off by saying I could talk us into the Elite Eight with relative ease, but, you know, I think just as easily I could see us because of some real glaring errors that have been lingering for about a month now. I could talk myself into, I could talk myself into a first round loss, uh, into a second round loss. Yeah. And I mean, I, I pray to God that we, we don't, we, we don't suffer another miserable, miserable upset in the first round. That would really, I think, just kill a lot of the momentum that this program has built over the last probably four or five seasons. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I guess just the whole concept of this being a strange time just all ties in perfectly. It's, just, it's a strange one. It's a strange one. And the thing is, the whole tournament is going to be very interesting. I think Florida, to me, is probably, you know, and I know we'll get to it, but, uh, you know, Florida is probably one of those teams that's going to get there. And there are a couple others that you, you expect to see in the Final Four. But I don't there's, – there's not going to be too many totally shocking things to me. Uh, you know, round by round, I just, I, I, it's going to take a, I will be very excited and I'll be, you know, things will, will make me talk, you know, there'll be talking points, but in terms of just stunning results, I don't know if there's going to be too many stunning results. I think we're just, the season's been so crazy and it just leads to, SU is probably the perfect embodiment of this entire season. Anything can literally happen and it's, um, it's hard to believe we're here already, but Syracuse will be a perfect case study from here on in. Western Michigan, I think SU wins, but I don't know what team's going to show up. Ohio State or Dayton. I mean, Dayton can hit baskets. Ohio State seems like the better opponent for Syracuse, but Thad Mata's one hell of a coach. Aaron Kraft's great. As much as we may be sick of him, he's really pretty good. And uh, so it's just every single game. You could literally agonize, and maybe not so much with Western Michigan, but there's no reason not to, but every single game you could you could just agonize over with Syracuse if you want to advance the orange or not. I mean, it's just it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point there. Um, and now that we're looking at a Western Michigan, because I don't think we are, but um, there is a certain amount of this Syracuse team has more talent. It's just a question of whether they can execute. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't. I, for that reason, I don't know how much it's worth diving in. Um, but then you look at. You know, it's like our potential opponent after that, assuming we win. And we're looking at an Ohio State team that, that I'd say is actually familiar with us. Um, and then a Dayton team that, you know, it looks just scrappy enough to, to pull off not only an upset against the Buckeyes, um, but an upset against us too. So I think, I think it's going to be a very interesting first weekend for Syracuse. Um, there's nothing guaranteed. But I don't necessarily think that, that we've really dealt with a guaranteed weekend in, in a while. I mean, 2012 was, you know, that scare against UNC Asheville. Last year was Cal trying to get back in this over and over again. You know, and, and this year, I mean, we had basically a team in a free fall still getting a, a, reasonable, a reasonable draw, though in what I'd say is an incredibly difficult region. 
And I, I'm excited to see what happens, but I wouldn't be surprised by a result at either extreme. I The thing that, especially on Selection Sunday, that stood out to me first was Syracuse's name being called so early. I don't think any of us are used to that. That was, Outside of being a one, where you know CBS used to say, these are the four teams, you know, the four ones and the four regions, in 2010, 2012, we saw that. Otherwise, it seems like Syracuse is forever the last region. And just a couple minutes into the show, and up top Syracuse, and that totally, totally surprised me. I did not expect that. Um, so that was that was interesting, uh, you know, kind of a right-off-the-bat type thing. And then the other thing that struck me on Sunday was the East region, and Virginia's a great school or a great team this, this year. I think of the top-tier talent, Virginia has the least, but as a whole, it's one of the best, and it deserves to be one seed. And Villanova had a pretty good year, not the greatest, but pretty good year. Iowa State's on fire right now. But what struck me on Sunday was how close Syracuse probably was to being in the East. Maybe the NC State game pushed it to the South. And if Syracuse was in the East, and if everything stays relatively the same, boy, did SU miss out on a great opportunity to be in Buffalo and then MSG with Michigan State on fire. Everyone's picking the Spartans to go out of the East region. And Virginia did beat Syracuse, so whatever that's worth. But if you put SU in that East region and take out one team, whatever it may be, SU really, and it's not a what if could have, because SU deserved not be in the East region, but man, that stuck to me on Sunday of how that region worked, how it opens up for Syracuse House. It was at the Garden. It's just, SU missed out on a golden opportunity, and it has no one else to blame but itself. It's not, it didn't get screwed. In fact, it got very lucky to get a three seed, but that East region was right there for SU. I thought it would be loaded because of MSG, and it really turned out to be probably the, the weakest region. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty accurate. I would I would say um, I think a lot of people um, that are really pissed off about, um, you know, the draw that Wichita State received considering, like, where they were in this entire process, like getting a one seed, getting the number three overall, and then getting completely, like, I mean, Kentucky in the second round, potentially, I mean, Michigan, Duke, and Louisville, like, the fact that Louisville was, like, the second most favorite team to get to the Final Four and win a championship is, like, ridiculous. Um, like, like when any any statisticians run the numbers, I think, like, looking over the field, just, like, briefly, it could have been worse for Syracuse, and it also could have been much, much better. Um, getting slotted into the East would have meant a very easy drill. Like, like you said, Matt, um, Outside of UNC, which is a team a lot of us, UNC and probably Connecticut and Villanova, teams that we saw in the East, um, I would say Dukes and Michigans of the world, Kentucky, all of those schools ended up not in that East region. Um, and maybe that's a product of us being squad. I mean, based on the S-curve, we're the top number three seed, which it's mind-blowing. is a bit, <laughs> is a bit puzzling. Um, also, I mean, I'm surprised. Surprised by that, and surprised by Kansas being the lowest number two seed, um, considering how everyone seemed to have them on the one line until like a week ago. But I think I would have flipped 
for whatever this is worth, but I, I either would have flipped or I just would have assumed Syracuse would have gotten Louisville's draw as a four in that region and in the Midwest, and Louisville maybe getting the three in the South and taking, you know, Syracuse kind of flipping them from a three and a four to the different regions. That would have made a little more sense to me, and and whatever. It's crazy to, to do this anyway, and, you know, overall, I think the committee, Louisville was, was wrong, and maybe you can make a case for MS, SMU getting into the field, but overall, I thought that, I can't really complain too much, and I'm not complaining here, but I would have been more... I just ex- would have expected more, I guess, not to see SU having Louisville's and Louisville having Syracuse's draw. And, I, again, I just think Syracuse really missed out on a golden opportunity in what eventually became the East. If SU had closed better, and I think specifically against NC State, that would have been a huge one. It probably is in the East, and, you know, I think all bets are somewhat off at that point. Well, at the same time, though, Syracuse ends up in that East bracket, uh, if they beat NC State, they still would run up against Duke in the next round, assuming they lose that game. I don't necessarily know where Syracuse slots in. Besides, I mean, not I. They could probably take Creighton's spot um, in the West, or like at least ship some people around. I think that you know we discussed this last week. The Midwest is it was the ideal bracket for us. It was just. There were just a lot of winnable games. I mean, if you if you simply slot Syracuse in, you're looking at like UMass, a team like oh, hopefully not Iowa, but Tennessee. I mean, Michigan would be a formidable test in the Sweet 16. This was again what I don't understand. Like I, that's why I was surprised there was the level of bitching that I heard about Louisville's seed because at the end of the day, Louisville was given a very very easy, like probably the easiest road I've ever seen for a four seed. And, I mean, the only one, the only team who could potentially rival that would be Michigan State also this year. Um, I think Michigan State also gets a very easy road in general. This is, you know, something I don't have any numbers to back up, but I would say that for some reason, I'd say Michigan State and Duke for years have just gotten very favorable speeds um, and very favorable matchups over and over again to get themselves to Final Fours. Um, I'd say Louisville is, is benefiting from a similar seeding process. And anyone who uh, feels differently is lying to themselves. They're lying to me. Because, I mean, you look at these matchups, and and it's it's very clear that Louisville Louisville's getting themselves to, to an Elite Eight at, at the absolute worst. I was surprised by uh, by St. Louis, I guess, being the five seed there, because St. Louis did the exact same thing Syracuse did. Peaked and then completely fell apart. The wheels are off in the tournament. The difference being St. Louis has pretty much zero quality wins and came away with a five seed. So obviously I think, um, you know, that's somebody that would – I don't think St. Louis gets out of the first game, so Louisville gets a little bit of a break there. So I, I do agree with you. It's, I, I'm still shocked because of the way – the Cardinals are one of the best teams in the country. I don't know if there's any question. And to see them fall to the four seed like that was surprising to me. It's definitely surprising. I think the committee messed up there. I'm not. I don't think it's – you know, woo and start fires over it, but it, it surprised me to see that. But again, like you said, it's not not the bracket of death by any stretch. I guess uh, we're well, we're almost at halftime. Why don't we? Uh, I want to have we break out the beer. What's that? I'm sorry, it's almost huh? halftime. Why don't we? Uh, how do we break out some beer 
beer talk. Oh, okay. You know, we've all been drinking quite a bit with the way Syracuse has been playing lately. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not a dogfish head. Uh, 60 and 90 has been the MO. I was sick for a little bit uh, a week ago, so I off my game, but uh, that's been what's nursing me back. And it's not the uh, high, high quality that you guys pursue. I try to on a, on a more regular basis, but it doesn't usually work out given my crazy schedule. But um, Dogfish Head is always prime for me in 60 and uh, 90 this week for me. Well done. Um, for me, I had uh, I think a beer company release there, a box of Belgians, and as a trade for a uh, Fleur de Belgique um, Belgian IPA. That was during the Syracuse game last Friday, though, so I'm never drinking that beer again. Um, Saturday, I got to enjoy a uh, Nelson Showers double IPA from uh, Noble Ale Works, uh, which is based uh, down near Anaheim. Some other uh, interesting ones, at least. Uh, Southwell from uh, Surf Brewing um, or, or over here in L.A. It's definitely a good one. Uh, McKellar Arvad, um, Belgian Pale Ale. Uh, McKellar is pretty readily available on both coasts for those looking for it. Uh, Stone has a tap-only uh, delicious IPA. Uh, it can be found in various places around Southern California. So I really uh, enjoyed that quite a bit. And then uh, via another trade, got to uh, check out Chai IPA from uh, Cigar City, finally. I wanted to try it out for a few years, but unfortunately it's been, um, well, it doesn't have any distribution out here. So the only way to get it is trading, and I'm, Actually finishing it up as we speak. Very, very good beer. So, yeah, that's that. Um, some bracket time. Uh, why don't we say at the south for last? Um, the going region by region. Um, Matt, who who's your favorite to win uh, the west region uh, with Arizona as the number one seed? I hate going chalk on all these, and I try so hard to not do that. But it seems to me, and I've been big on Arizona, despite the injuries, um, I've been pretty big on on the Wildcats all season long. Sean Miller, I think, is a very underrated coach, especially in the one-and-done scenario. I think he's pretty good with this, too. So I actually have Arizona coming out of the West, which I'm not fully, I'm not totally amped up over, but I think for the most part, Arizona seems to be, it's got a, a good draw, and it seems like it's the favorite out of the West. So I'm kind of reluctantly going with the Cats, although I came very close to putting Wisconsin there because the Badgers, A, play the first two games in Milwaukee, B, this is probably the most complete team that Bo Ryan's had. I know defensively it's not near the same, but in terms of team, I mean it's the ability to actually put the ball in the basket and play a variety of ways, a variety of styles, which probably will still surprise a lot of teams and certainly will surprise the nation that hasn't been paying attention. You might think Wisconsin is the normal 40s, 50s team, but it's not that. And Sam Decker can play. I came very close with Scotty, but ultimately I think Arizona just feels like a team of destiny. 
I hate that term. Shouldn't have said that, but I, it, it's gone through the injury. It's you know had a couple of games where it, everyone thought the wheels would fall off, and it just survived, got through. And I have Zona coming out of the West, uh, but again reluctantly. Um, I definitely we considered Arizona. Uh, for me, I mean, I think Wisconsin is the team uh, for all the reasons you spelled out. Uh, I just think they have a really favorable draw in the bottom half of that bracket. Um, there's really only one team that even would mildly concern me um, for that, and that's Creighton. If Creighton decides to get hot, um, and Creighton's done that over and over again, just a team that if they can hit threes, um, you know, they're really tough to beat. But at the same time, you see when they don't fall, um, that's how you lose to Providence. So, to me, I think Wisconsin's a team. Um, we'll get to surprise teams in that bracket, uh, but I. I don't think Arizona gets to that Elite Eight matchup with Wisconsin, and that's how the Badgers get through. Hmm. So that leads us to our next question. Who is your surprise team in, in the West bracket? I actually, this is one of the few where I didn't have many. The one, I guess, surprise, I think North Dakota State is a lock to beat Oklahoma. I like Lon Kruger. I've actually caught a lot of the Sooners games this season. Pretty talented team. Big 12 is a good conference, but I think that uh, North Dakota, North Dakota State, the Bison, uh, played a, a fairly tough schedule. I know they were at Ohio State. They're kind of they're a little more battle tested than some of the other uh, teams out there. And it's the classic 12-5. It's in uh, Washington, so I think North Dakota State actually gets out of the first round. Ultimately, doesn't go far, but North Dakota State to me is that West Region locked upset. Classic 12 over 5. Yeah, I, I mean, North Dakota State is, not to reveal my entire racket, but I have North Dakota State winning uh, more than one game. Wow. So you've have you got, yes. so you must have Oklahoma State beat in Arizona? You would be correct. I also have two, I have two pretty big upsets in, uh, in round two. I, I think oh. I think that the top of this bracket lends itself to a hell of a lot of anarchy, and I think that Oklahoma State and North Dakota State both um, both smell like a, a Cinderella story here. Um, and I definitely, I mean, I have both of them in the Sweet 16, and I'll I'll leave I'll, I'll leave the uh, the who the winner of that game, the who gets the Elite Eight, as a I'll leave that to the imagination. So everyone kind of. <laughs> I know. I know. We're all battling against each other for um, for some glamorous prizes on the site, so I won't um, I won't give away the entire bracket. And I would say those are two teams to watch. Um, as soon as I saw North Dakota State uh, and their ability to really shoot the basketball and shoot it efficiently, um, plus Oklahoma State's really been resurgent since uh, Marcus Smart came back from that suspension. And just two teams that to me look like uh, they could have been seized a little bit, depending on how you. Do you want to call lower or higher? They should have gotten better seeds at this point, or could have. I mean, that's how those two teams find themselves um, in the Sweet 16. Interesting. Well, that, that would be that would be bad for me, but it would be fun to watch. <laughs> so now uh, headed down to the third region, uh, Midwest, and uh, Wichita State's region, who I know we kind of, Dove into this region a little bit, Matt, but uh, but who's your favorite here? Uh, you've hit it on the head earlier with Louisville's draw. I think um, I think the Cardinals get out. 
I will say, though, I'm hesitant on the Wichita State-Kentucky game. That's one that I've been kind of vacillating back and forth whether or not I think the Wildcats are all of a sudden clicking or whether or not it's just the same old, this team's too young and there's too much pressure on it. So I don't know. That, of all the regions, obviously Syracuse is going to draw our attention, but Wichita State going to be a must-watch, even in the first game, just to see how it responds to this added pressure and added media attention. So it'll be a lot of fun. I do think ultimately, though, you hit it earlier basically with all the points that Louisville gets out of it. I look forward to uh, a, a matchup with Duke, actually, in the Elite Eight, because I do think this is Jabari Parker's time to shine. And Louisville-Duke rematch from last year, sign me up. That would be awesome basketball, and I hope that's what happens. Yeah, I think this region, more than any other, um, kind of has a weird demarcation line um, between the top four seeds and everybody else. Uh, St. Louis just hasn't playing terribly. UMass hasn't looked especially great lately. Um, Texas really dropped off at the end of the year. And that kind of leads to Kentucky, who I actually think might be the fifth best team in this region. Um, and, and that poses an issue for Wichita State. I think whether they win or lose that game, though, it's not going to matter. Um, I think Louisville's the favorite here. Um, any any amount of analysis is, I said that the Cardinals are uh, the top team in this region. They're the most likely team to come out. Um, and no matter who they face um, in the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight, uh, it's very difficult for me to pick against the Cardinals here. Um, then uh, who is your, if any, uh, Cinderella, Matt? Louisville Not much obviously doesn't qualify. <laughs> well, uh, it doesn't qualify, but I do have NC State winning tonight and then beating St. Louis. And the other one would be Tennessee winning tomorrow and then beating UMass. But both teams I don't have going far. The, the Cinderella doesn't qualify as Louisville, but that's that's it for me. Same here, actually. Um, as I mentioned before, I'm not really overly enthused with the uh, five or six seed in this bracket. And they happen to get two plans, both of which, um, no matter who wins, I, I think are just well-suited to beat those teams. Um, but, but overall, I mean, every year there's like one bracket that's mostly chalk. Um, this one's probably it for me. Then we head over to the east. This is uh, Virginia, the uh, number four uh, one-seed bracket. Um, Matt, favorite or favorites, if if you have any? Uh, man, I hate this one. And the reason I hate it is because if you know, everyone watched Bracketology on ESPN and they saw every single damn analyst for ESPN pick Michigan State, and I hate the fact that I'm following suit like a, a sheep in the herd, but I, I think Michigan State's draw is, is favorable. We all know there's, Michigan State has been talked, to, talked about to death so I don't need to go into much more about it. But I watched the Spartans play a bunch this year, actually, and I certainly watched losses to Indiana. I saw from tip to buzzer its loss to Nebraska at home, and I, re- I had totally wrote that team off, but good right now. I mean, you can't just completely discount the last three games in Chicago, and I just it's a favorable draw. I think Cincinnati in the second round or third round uh, will be tough because Cincinnati is one of those punching-in-the-face type of teams, and Michigan State struggles to score sometimes. So, what, what's that? I'm saying. 
Oh, okay. Uh, so I, I do think that uh, that could be a struggle. I really am amped up to see Virginia and Michigan State. But Virginia, the way it handles possessions, I think it keeps teams in games, and I think Michigan State is just going to be licking its chops in that one. So all the way out, I just I have Michigan in the Final Four. I would love it before I saw every extra ticket, but I do have the Spartans there. I have them beating Iowa State to get to that point. Yeah, I mean, I like I kind of hit on this before. I hate Michigan State basketball because I think that they get year in and year out one of the easiest roads to the Final Four, no matter what their seed. I don't know why. I I'm willing to entertain any and all conspiracy theories. Um, I only wish that our Syracuse Orange could get such a favorable draw every single season. It doesn't happen. Um, it's not that I don't buy Virginia. I mean, we, we saw them pretty much, you know, tear us apart. It's just, you know, Michigan State gets, somehow gets hot at the right time every year. But um, I actually buy into Iowa State. Um, I hope they don't burn me the way they did last time I picked them um, back in, I believe it was 02, maybe 03. Yeah, it was 02. It was 02 when, uh, when they lost to Hampton. In the first round as a two seed. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I watched a bunch of Iowa State games this year for some reason, and every single time, I mean, this team can score, this team can shoot really well, uh, this team plays at a very rapid pace and can really wear down um, a ton of teams in the field. You know, for that reason, like, I mean, I, I watched that double OT game against Baylor. I saw the, um, you know, Big 12 championship game as well, like, this is just a team that, that knows how to play in big spots, and I think that that, I mean, while it's not exactly the most, you know, in-depth analysis, at the same time, I think it it says something about a squad that, that knows how to play in that sort of situation. And for that reason, um, I do have the Cyclones as the favorite here, but I would not be surprised if uh, Michigan State went through. It's uh lends itself to again me thinking about where Syracuse could have been because it's not the toughest draw. Not the toughest draw. So you know what, at the same time, if you look at the draw that Iowa State would get, that works for them, but think about how it would have gone for us if you just straight flip flopped us. We're looking at a second round matchup and I know this wouldn't happen, but the second round matchup with UNC, a sweet sixteen matchup with UConn or Villanova. I mean it wouldn't have gone the same for us because we'd be facing familiar foes. If that makes anyone feel better. Although in 2011, Syracuse played Marquette right out of the gate in the second game in Cleveland. So also, right. even if even if Syracuse did flip and had Carolina or Providence or going forward, Connecticut or Villanova, I don't think anyone's going to sweat those games too much. And they would be in Buffalo, and then you forecast ahead to Manhattan. So... I don't know. It still seems like a favorable draw, to, especially if Embiid's back. That Sweet 16 on the 8 is going to be murderous row. And flipping it, I don't. I wouldn't consider any of the other teams, you know, one of the favorites to win the championship. Well, we'll get to uh, that Kansas game in a few. But uh, yeah, wrapping up the East bracket, um, who's your who's your sleeper? Who's a team that could win a game or two? Um, as, as, as a lower seed? Well, I don't think there's much question, to me anyway, that it's Connecticut. That is a team that is 
really, really underrated, underseeded. It's in the ACC, and, and the conference really didn't get a whole lot of love because the top tier in the AAC, I might have said ACC, AAC is really good or at least fairly good, and the bottom tier is just god-awful. So the conference didn't get a lot of love, and Connecticut didn't do much in the preseason, pre-conference, but it did beat Florida, and somehow or another, people completely forget about that. They can, they can completely forget that the Huskies were not in the tournament last year because of probation, not because of anything else. So this is a team that's been raring and ready to go. A ton of talent. If they can get to the Garden, I think look out, because Connecticut, a lot like Syracuse, owns the Garden. So this is a team that could easily go on a run. Right now, I have Ohio, Iowa State beating Connecticut, but I could easily see Connecticut with that home crowd, home cooking a little bit in NYC with Napier going off. Uh, I could see Connecticut making a huge run, but I have them all the way through the uh, Sweet 16. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point there. This is another uh, – I think, like, every year there's just, like, one, like, 7 to 10 seed that basically has, like, a home crowd um, for them and ends up winning a couple games because of it. And I think this year that's Connecticut. Um not that MSG is necessarily a home court for them, but against some of these teams, it, it probably will be. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily buy the St. Joe's a ton, though they did finish the year very well. Um, I, I've said several times I'm not really impressed with Villanova. You don't have a single top 50 win since November. Um, you got absolutely dominated by Creighton um, several times. I, I, I just I see Connecticut being able to get themselves. Um, into the second weekend uh, without too much issue. And who knows, like you said, maybe maybe uh, that MSG crowd guys in past Iowa State too. I mean, I really hate to see the Huskies get themselves back to some, like, back to get another Final Four that, like, seeding dictated they really didn't deserve just because of, like, some advantageous uh, you know, seeding and bracketing. Um, another team that um, I'm really high on here is uh, Harvard. Uh, Harvard's an incredibly efficient, incredibly disciplined team. Uh, they distribute the ball well. They shoot the ball well. Um, I, I definitely see them getting out of game one against Cincinnati. Um, I don't see them getting past Michigan State, but who knows? Um, I mean, this team is tournament tested. They beat New Mexico last year. Um, I think there's a lot. I think there's, there's a high ceiling for this Harvard team. But um, I think in equal measure, you could see them losing in the first round or winning two games. Yep. I've built off the last season. I think it's the third year in a row for Harvard in the tournament. Amaker's proven himself. I didn't particularly care for him at Michigan. I thought he was okay at Seton Hall. I didn't really buy into all the buzz with him at Harvard, but he has just done an amazing job with the Crimson, and it seems like that easily could happen. My one caveat, though, and it's kind of why I've flipped a little bit on this. I don't think Amaker is going to take the Boston College job, but that being such a persistent rumor and story and topic right now, that could be a little distracting, even for Harvard, even for Ivy Leaguers. Um, I don't want my Cinderella's or potential one-game or two-game Cinderella's. I don't want them to be distracted with anything but basketball. And the fact that this story is kind of hovering, take it for whatever it's worth, but it could be a little bit of a sidebar that you do not want to see out of a big-time upset potential. Not a bad point there. Um, I know for those tuning in on Wednesday, which is likely, um, DC fired uh, Donnie today as a coach, and um, Amaker 
Harvard coach, is seemingly the, the number one guy um, on the line for the job. Um, I know a lot of BC folks aren't necessarily thrilled with that fact. They really wanted somebody with a little bit more um, clout, but I mean, I guess we shall see. Um, that, that definitely could play a, play a factor, though. Though Matt, you're completely right. And it's BC, and <laughs> it's, unless you're talking hockey, hockey, I don't think there's going to be too many coaches lining up to, uh, you know, rip down the door and get an interview. So, just the knock on BC, a total total aside. I just distract everything. I'm sorry. So I can oh, get a knock in on we throw shade around here. It's fine. Um, and now we get to the bracket that's most important to us, uh, the South. Uh, so, once again, Matt, who's your favorite here? And uh, I'm sure it's not Syracuse, though I, I don't think that the... I don't think the listeners are necessarily going to argue with that fact. I hope not. I can't stand when, when you pick Syracuse to win and people say, yeah, that's that's right, finally some... You know, some whatever they they consider it. You pick Syracuse to win, all of a sudden you're you're the homeboy and you're the good guy. It's like what the hell? I, I hate that mentality. If I pick Syracuse to win, it's because I think the Orange can win a game. I don't think it's because of my fandom or your fandom or anyone else's fandom. Uh, and having said that, I don't think Syracuse is going to win too many games in this tournament. I have them beating Western Michigan, beating Ohio State, but I'm not totally convinced it's going to happen and then losing to Kansas because I think either Wiggins alone, Embiid, and Embiid um, will change the game entirely. But I think Wiggins alone could be that guy that just lights it up against the zone, and Syracuse probably can stick with Kansas. I think it, it will, but I ultimately have the Jayhawks advancing on. And actually, coming out of that region, I have, I hate this, I have Florida in the Final Four. I tried desperately not to have the Gators in the Final Four, just because it just I, I, something about it I don't buy, but if you look at the draw all the way through, at least in my opinion, it's really, really favorable. And then you get to the final four, and even then it's kind of favorable. So I have Florida. I don't feel great about it. I have Syracuse going down in a close one in the Sweet 16 to Kansas. Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to think against Florida, but after I watched that uh, that Kentucky game at the end of the season, um, I, I was sold. This Gators team is just completely shut down on defense, on offense, and you know, how to score points, which is something we can't necessarily do at the moment. I mean, this draw, there's a reason to doubt every team in that half of the bracket. There's a reason to doubt every team in our half of the bracket. And then you look down at, at who they face in the Final Four, and there's a reason to doubt every team in the East, too. Um, so Florida gets, um, you know, a really nice, um, nice ramp to a national championship, uh, potentially. And for me, like, I, I see Florida definitely getting out of this region um, and, and, and taking advantage of, of these spoils of being the favorite. Uh, and then it, it, is, there a, is there a Cinderella team in this bracket matter? Is this bracket also chalk? Actually, it's uh, I Cinderella-ish, I guess. I actually have uh, my boy Stevie Austin, Stephen F. Austin, all the way to the Sweet 16, I think VCU is a little banged up. Stephen F. Austin is probably the one elixir to havoc that could be had for a lesser team. VCU could get beat by a lot of really good teams, but you would think in the first round, the way Havoc, the way Shaka Smart runs that pressure defense, and VCU is much better in the half-court offense, or half-court defense this year. 
In years past, VCU was all about the press, get a turnover, half-court struggle. Not so much this year. It's really a different team, and it's progressed throughout the year. I've actually been lucky enough to watch a lot of hoops this year. saw a ton of VCU, but I actually watched a little <laughs> Somehow, I'm kind of a psycho with this, but I actually watched a little bit of uh, Stephen of Austin about a month ago. Saw the conference tournament last week. Kind of fell in love with the team a little bit. And I think uh, Stephen F. Austin is one of those teams that does exactly the opposite of ECU. So I have Austin out, and then I have Tulsa beating UCLA. And I actually have Tulsa and Stephen F. Austin in the second or third round with Stephen F. Austin getting out and playing Florida in the Sweet 16. Interesting. Uh, I can't say that I buy into VCU or UCLA losing, but um, I can see that Boston is going to be an interesting opposite pick that I think a lot of people could go with. Um, I think VCU um, is just tournament tested. Uh, Shock at Smart is just, just somehow just catches lightning in the bottle uh, when it comes to March. And, you know, I wouldn't doubt them winning several games in the tournament. I, I really like what UCLA did in the Pac-12 tournament, but I saw that team live um, over at Pauley Pavilion this year. And you know what, like, even though I think in the game I watched maybe Stanford by 20, I still wasn't, like, overly enamored. I, I just felt like there were, defensively, I mean, the team was lacked a ton. Um, offensively, you know, spot on. Uh, so I, I'm interested to see what this team can do. But uh, I think if there's any surprise team, uh, Dayton could catch both Ohio State and Syracuse. Um, on bad days. And, and I think New Mexico is another one. I think catching Kansas without Embiid, um, I think New Mexico can really grind Kansas down. Uh, we saw what, we saw they were capable of doing things like that against a team like San Diego State, the Mountain West. Um, and, and I do see uh, New Mexico getting themselves a C-16 uh, regardless of who they face. So, yeah, I guess, I guess New Mexico would be my, uh, my bold-faced Cinderella in this bracket. Any uh, trepidation with Western Michigan? Did you at all hesitate before clicking the orange across? Well, considering how shitty we play lately, uh, yeah, definitely wasn't <laughs> thrilled. Uh, at the same time, like, you know, I, I looked at the matchup. I, at the end of the day, you really can only grade these teams on matchup, and you grade them on what you think is going to happen. I think if Syracuse plays an average game against the New Mexico, I mean, against the Western Michigan team that, um, struggled against the zone the first time around this year when they faced Eastern Michigan. Um, rebounded a bit the second time around in a win over the Eagles. But I think at the same time, there's just it's talent. There's just too much talent um, on the Syracuse roster. If they fell to Western Michigan, this would be right up there with the Vermont loss, um, without a doubt. Um, I'd be crushed. Luckily, it happens before I get to Vegas, so I get all the anger out. And then I get to board a plane to watch basketball for an entire weekend, which would not involve my alma mater. So hopefully it's not this. Because if so, might not say anything else written for me on the site. <laughs> Ever. As I joked after the uh, NC State game. You know, I, at least I'll have all the alcohol in the world to comfort me if Syracuse decides to lose in the opening weekend. <laughs> and, 
pick could happen. I'll say this. In Maui, I didn't want Syracuse to play Dayton. That was the team that actually feared me the most, or gave me most fear, and uh, ultimately that could end up happening in Buffalo. So who knows? Maybe it'll come to fruition there. I do think Ohio State's a pretty good draw, though, for Syracuse with the way the Buckeyes just seemingly can't really score, don't get out and run, don't do the things, certainly don't hit the shots deep. So I think that's pretty good for SU, at least decent uh, odds or whatever that SU can get out of that weekend. I'm not putting a whole lot of stock into Buffalo. I was in the beginning of the season. I do think it matters. But to me, that's not going to be the variable that puts Syracuse across because of the dome games, because of anything that we've seen. I, I not buying into Buffalo as much as I was just a little while ago. There. All right, I guess before we uh before we wrap up here, is there anything else uh that you have to share, Matt? Any any pieces of wisdom before we uh head off to the tournament weekend and start, you know, putting our entire lives wrapped up in college basketball. Ah, it's it's the best time of the year. It's so much fun. I love this time of the year. Even if SU doesn't get it done, there's still a lot of good basketball to watch. And even tonight, first game wasn't bad. Second game's going well. Tomorrow, you know, tonight's games, I guess, so to speak. Wednesday night will be good games. So just a ton of fun. Sit back, enjoy it. And uh, remember that the season matters. For all the ups and downs, I mean, that's what we tune in for. You obviously want your team to win it all. But you tune in for the ride. You buckle up for all of it. So just... You just sat through one of the craziest seasons you will ever remember in SU basketball history. So whatever happens from here on out, it's not gravy. I don't, you know, subscribe to that theory that what it doesn't matter. But certainly keep in mind what you just saw, the players, the team, the storylines. It's been a hell of a ride. It's been a lot of fun. And whatever happens, at least Syracuse has a chance. And also there's always next year. And look at the roster next year. Holy God, it's going to be another good team. Yeah, I guess my uh, my big takeaway is uh, pray. <laughs> pray and drink. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, pray and drink. That'll, uh, that, that should get us where we need to be. Um, I I have loved this team. I've hated this team. Um, and I don't... Like I, I said from the beginning, I, I could see this going either way. Um, hopefully it goes in a very positive way, but you know you don't always get what you want, and this could be one of those times. Uh, so best of luck to everyone uh, surviving these hopefully few weeks. Um, at worst case, this weekend, um, and and you know what? Regardless, this is a very good team. This is a team that that will be good next year regardless of how many scores we may or may not have coming back. Um, and you know what? I, I Even a first-round loss, and pray again it doesn't happen, even a first-round loss does go, does go to show, you know, how, how nice a run we've been on as a program um, with, you know, high seeds and high expectations. Um, and hopefully this isn't the culmination of it, you know, with a disappointing loss, but rather, um, you know, just another step towards, towards you know, getting ourselves another championship. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's been a Sweet 16s, Elite Eights, number one rankings, number one seeds, top three, top four seeds. It's been, uh, the last five years has been 
just a ton of fun. A lot of pressure and a lot of depression and a lot of joy and elation. And it's exactly what you sign up for as a fan. This is why we care so much because it's compelling theater every single year and this year, every single game. And yeah, it might suck if SU goes out earlier than expected or hoped, but boy, you can't really just throw away the whole year because there's been so much, so much in, in one year. It's been crazy. Could not agree more. I guess on that, uh, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, that was Matt. This is John. Uh, thanks again nope. for joining, Matt. And, yeah, uh, and don't forget, everyone, just to throw a quick quick plug, don't forget to check out my radio show. If you're local, we're on Fox Sports Radio 1410, Friday mornings, 7 to 9. This week, we'll talk with Mike Waters, live from Buffalo, of Syracuse.com, Post Standard, and also Brian Dwyer of Time Warner Cable News, also live from Buffalo. So two hours of analysis of Western Michigan and hopefully a preview of either Dayton or Ohio State. All right, you heard the man. Go Orange. Absolutely. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive rate shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then, if rates go up, your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once-a-year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted.